If we could all turn to John chapter 11 and verse 1 this morning. Apologize, I haven't arranged for the scriptures on the wall. John chapter 11 and verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother, Lazarus, was sick. Therefore, his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Always gets me, that verse, where because he had heard that he he was sick, he still abode in the same place where he was. But there was a purpose in what Jesus was doing. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. There was a bit of discussion with the disciples and then Jesus basically said that Lazarus is dead. And when Jesus came in John chapter 11 verse 17, he found that Lazarus, he had lain in the grave four days already. He was dead. He was gone. There There was nothing, there was no life within him that to redeem, to to do anything about, to heal his sickness, he was dead. Now Bethany was near to Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. That was a standard Jewish tradition. There was a lot of weeping and wailing over every funeral that um, to actually comfort. It was part of the healing process. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, whatsoever you will ask of God, God will give it to you. And that was a statement of incredible faith, really, when you think about it. But it seems like she wasn't actually thinking about him being raised from the dead because when Jesus, the next verse, Jesus said unto her, Your brother shall rise again. The mother said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She wasn't thinking about an immediate uh, restoration, an immediate healing, an immediate um, raising from the dead. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he was dead, yet shall he live. That is an incredible and a powerful promise from Jesus. That is something that talks to all of us today. It's not, and and not in the necessarily the physical sense, but we're we're all dead in sins. We're all dead in carnality. We're all dead to, to God and the Spirit of God. But because of Jesus, he can make us alive. He has made us alive and from from the death that we were living in, even though we did not realize it at the time. 
And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said unto him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. That is not something that everybody realized. The Pharisees didn't want to believe it. The spiritual leaders of the time didn't want to believe it. But God gave revelation to those who would listen, to those who were able to hear. And she realized that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, the one that had been prophesied from um, from a long, long time ago in the prophets in the Old Testament. And when she had so said, she went away and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calls for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goes to the grave to weep there. And when Mary was come where Jesus was, she saw him and fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. It was exactly the same thing that Martha had said. They both had faith that Jesus could have and would have healed their brother if he had been there before he had died. But they didn't have the faith that he could actually raise him from the dead. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And the Bible specifically says that Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. There aren't many people in the Bible that it specifically states that Jesus loved this person. John talks about himself saying the disciple that Jesus loved, but in very few places does it say Jesus loved this person in a particular way. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should have not died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself comes to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. He was dead, he was buried. He, everything was gone and finished for Lazarus. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he's, he's stinking. He's been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto you that if you would believe you should see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you hear me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that you may believe that you have sent, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he thus, he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. This was an impossibility by any normal circumstance. But it records, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. When they buried someone, they wrapped them up. It was for keeps. That, those, those wrappings weren't going to come off very easily. Jesus saith unto them, loose him and let him go. Jesus miraculously raised Lazarus from the dead. It was a powerful thing and, and God was going to use this 
as a, as a witness of Jesus and that he was the Messiah to those that would listen. The Bible talks about there being many more believing on him at this time because of Lazarus. The Pharisees wanted to kill Lazarus because he, he, there was such a great witness that, that it was, Jesus was the Messiah. So Lazarus was raised from the dead, but there was one problem. He was still wrapped up in his burial garments. He could not free himself from that which he had been wrapped with, that which was spoke of his death, which spoke of, of the situation that he was in, which spoke of hopelessness. He no longer had any need of them because he was no longer dead. He didn't need to be in those grave clothes. He did not need to be wrapped up. He did not need to be constricted. He was fully able to live his life again. They were restricting him from fulfilling his purpose of showing the power and the glory of God. He needed the help of the people around him to be truly set free. The Bible talks about how much Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Notice the order in which it was in. The order in which people are mentioned in the Bible is always significant. It appears that Jesus loved Martha the most out of the three. But why? Isn't this the same Martha that Jesus mildly rebuked previously in Luke chapter 10, verse 38? Now it came to pass as they went, that he, Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Um, Basically, tell her, therefore, that, that she helped me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. The thing is, Jesus was a servant of others. Jesus came, he served, and he did the will of God. And if there's one thing that God loves, it is somebody who is willing to be a servant in his kingdom. Yes, it can be done to excess, so that it has a detrimental effect on the person who does it. Martha, for Martha, it was all about the serving. For Martha, it was all about what she needed to do. It was all about, she got caught up in the service that she couldn't even, um, she couldn't even appreciate the fact that her sister was getting something from Jesus. It had got out of whack. Her, her understanding, her thinking, her everything was poured into what she wanted to do for Jesus. Everything she wanted to do for the kingdom of God, that she got everything out of line. But Jesus didn't love Martha any less because of the situation that she was in. And Jesus doesn't love us any, any less. Jesus loves us all. And if he rebukes us about something, it doesn't mean that he loves us any less. He still loves us. He wants us to be more. He wants us to be freed from the things that would bind us. Martha was careful and troubled about many things. She had taken her eyes off the spiritual. She had taken her eyes off 
of what Jesus can offer and the peace and and the the refreshing that could be had at Jesus' feet, and she could only see the service. And as a result, she became more carnal. She became more troubled. She could not get peace within herself. She was bound up in herself because of her taking her eyes off the Lord. Martha also had an element of faith which she displayed when Jesus came to Lazarus from the dead. But it was a faith that didn't go as far as actually raising Lazarus from the dead. She didn't quite believe that much, but she had faith. Mary, however, had a sensitivity to the spirit that Martha didn't have. She sat at the feet of Jesus while he taught. She anointed Jesus' feet with ointment of spikenard, five days before Jesus died on the cross. That is being sensitive to the Spirit of God. John chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Actually, I think I've got my number wrong there, but that's okay. He raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why wasn't this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put in in it. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor you have always with you, but you don't have me always. Jesus said that against the day of my burying has she kept this. She broke the seal on that ointment, that precious, precious ointment. It was worth a lot of money. 300 Roman denarius which is the word that's translated as the word penny or pence, with one denarius being the cost of 16 asses in those times. That's not a small amount. From the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, it seems that one denarius was the ordinary pay for one day's wages in those times. So, even in taking a lower figure by assuming a six-day working week, The average Australian earns about $276.40 a day, on average. So as a conservative estimate, the ointment was worth at least $82,920 in today's currency. That's a conservative estimate. That is no small amount. That is something that was precious. That is something that she was keeping away. There was something that she was keeping for a very specific time. The cost of just a pound of this ointment was priceless, basically. But while it was wrapped up and contained and kept safe, it was useless. It had no power. It could not help. It could not do the thing that it was meant to do. It could not be and and be used in service the way that it was meant to be used, that it was originally designed for because it was wrapped up and kept. It had the power to cast a beautiful smell across an entire room to bless everybody around them but it was kept safe and hidden 
It's interesting to note that Mary didn't use the ointment at her own brother's burial. Have a think about that. But she kept holding onto it. She kept it reserved for a better purpose. But until that ointment was opened, all the value and the purpose of the ointment was locked up and it was useless. It needed to be opened. It needed to be released. It needed to be set free. It needed to be freed from the container it was in to serve its true purpose and be what God wanted it to be. The Bible talks about God loving Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, all three, specifically said, but every one of those three needed to be set free in some way. Martha was a servant. Martha was someone who wanted to serve God, was someone who kept serving and serving, but she had taken her eyes off Jesus. She had taken her eyes off the spiritual part of it, and she was only looking to the carnal part of it. She had got her eyes off Jesus. As a result, she was becoming bitter. As a result, she was not able to appreciate her sister receiving blessings from God because she was not being blessed herself. She was not allowing herself to be to be refreshed. She was not allowing herself to be spiritual. And as a result, she was locked up within herself. She had something that Jesus needed to rebuke. She had something that needed to be set free. You can't live in bitterness. You can't just look at the carnal things. You can't just say, I'm serving God and that's enough. There needs to be something within you. There needs to be a release. There needs to be God refreshing you. There needs to be God lifting you up. There needs to be something that is not going to bind you up inside because bitterness and resentment will keep you bound up as sure as anything. Mary, she had something that was incredibly precious. She had something that she was holding on to and that needed to be used to actually fill its purpose. Otherwise, even though it was priceless, it was useless. There was nothing that's good about something that's held up in a box. She needed to allow that ointment to be used for the service of Jesus. She needed and she found the right time. She found the time where she would serve Jesus and it would also bless people around her at that time. And what about Lazarus? He was bound. He was freed from the situation that he was in, he was no longer dead, but he was still bound. In the 1600s, a Christian man by the name of John Bunyan wrote an epic allegorical tale called Pilgrim's Progress. What is an allegory? Well, it's a story, a poem or a picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically a moral or a political one. This tale described the journey of a man called Christian all the way from his old life through salvation, and then walking the rest of the way to heaven. It was a a tale of a, a Christian's journey through life. 
and all of the pitfalls and all of the things that they can come against. Partway through his journey, he was captured by a giant called Despair, who locked him up in his dungeons without food or water. He was meaning to basically terminate him and cause him to die and not reach the goal. He was beaten by the giant, then locked up again. And then the next thing the giant did was leave poison in his cell as an alternative to starvation. He wasn't being fed. This giant was fed income about what he wanted to do. Completely destroy this Christian. On another day, the giant took Christian to see the bones of his previous victims. And that didn't make him feel any better. And each day, Christian was going, growing weaker and weaker. And he could see no way out. But there was something that Christian had completely forgotten. And when he prayed to the king, he suddenly remembered that he had already been given a key called promise. He was then able to open all of the locks on the giant's doors and escape. In fact, he had been able to do it at any time, but he was too wrapped up in the despair of his situation that he didn't even think about it or remember it. And this is a word from the Lord for someone this morning. The thing is, just like Christian, God has already loosed you from the bonds that used to tie you down, lock you up, and cause you to spare. But you're still living like you're bound. I'm not going to say that God will set you free this morning because he already has. So why are you still living like you're in chains? Why are you living in dread of something that has no power over you? anymore. You're free. Don't lock yourself up again. Don't allow yourself to be caught in the same way of thinking that you have been in before that was tearing you down, that was locking you up, that was causing you so much pain and grief. He's already delivered you from it. Don't stay locked up in grave clothes when Jesus has already given you a new life. Don't stay wrapped up in your own securities, your fear or your despair when you could be a sweet smell to all who are around you. If I could get someone to the piano, please. I know that there are people in all three situations this morning, like Martha, like Mary, and like Lazarus. Some people need to be set free from their bitterness. You may have served God faithfully for many years, but you've lost your direction. You've lost the ability to be able to Come into God's presence and feel it. You've lost the ability to sit down at the feet of Jesus and receive his blessings. And you've become hard. You've become bitter. Jesus wants to set you free this morning. And there are some people 
who have kept themselves locked up. They have so much to offer. They could be a huge blessing to people, but they keep themselves locked up. You need to break yourself. You need to allow yourself to be broken and to be a sweet, sweet present, a sweet blessing to Jesus and to everybody around you. Don't hold back. Now is the time. Now is the time. Don't hold back and say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do it at another time. But you need to allow Jesus to break you and be that person that he wants you to be. And there are those who I've already mentioned. God has already set you free. Don't live in that same way that you used to live. There's nothing there. The devil has spoken lies into your mind, saying that you're still there, but you're not. You just need to come out. You just need to come out of those grave clothes. You just need to come out of where you don't even need to be anymore. So if you would please stand. Jesus. Just raise your hands. Lord Jesus. Lord, you were speaking, Lord, across this place this morning, Lord. You want to break free, Lord, from chains, Lord. You want to deliver, Lord Jesus, those that need deliverance. And you want, Lord, to set free those who are already set free, but they have not even realized it. They're still saying, Lord, you've already given them that promise, Lord. They could have walked out at any time, but they've still thought that they've been bound, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask, Lord, for your help, Lord Jesus. Help us to see past, Lord, the past. Help us to see past, Lord, what has happened before. To get rid of that bitterness, Lord Jesus. To allow ourselves to be that sweet smell and that sweet savour to you. And to walk in victory, Lord Jesus. The altar is open this morning. Why don't you come? Why don't you allow the Lord to do what he wants to do in you this morning.